Welcome to the Farming Basics Podcast with Olivia Fuller. We'll have sustainable farming tips from growers across the state and extension specialists at Auburn University. Welcome back. It's your host, Olivia Fuller, and we are here today with our stand-in co-host, Dr. Caitlin Kashheimer, and we're going to be interrogating Dr. Joshua Weaver about pest and turf. So, hello, Caitlin. Hi, Olivia. Thanks for having me. And um, for those of you who are not familiar with me, I co-host the Alabama Crops Report podcast, but I also cover turf. And so I'm here with Olivia and Josh, who is in horticulture and has background in turf. So we're going to tag team this episode and talk about turf insects. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm Josh Weaver and I'm a lecturer in the Department of Horticulture and have a background in turf and do research in turf now as well. So thanks for having me. So insects and turf. Um, What are the most concerning ones here in the South? Well, we have a lot. Um, Probably our most notorious is the fall armyworm. Um, For those of us who were in anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, really, in in 2021, last year, it was the year of the fall armyworm. And so that's probably our most consistent and devastating pest in turf in Alabama. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree. I've seen uh, yards eaten up by a fall armyworm overnight and customers panicking. So. Which ones do they like best, though? I know uh, some people did not get any armyworms and then their neighbor's yard was completely eradicated. Bermuda grass. They love Bermuda grass. Yeah, and they, they're really good at finding the well-fertilized, well-irrigated, lush, green lawns. And so, yeah, you can certainly see your neighbor's uh, lawn can be eaten up and yours may be completely clean. And part of that may also be just where the adult moths ended up from the wind or flying and landed to lay their eggs. And um, you just got the short end of the stick. And then overnight, like their name implies, they came through like an army and your lawn is gone. But they come in as moths. Yes. Yep. Yep. So we have, um, they don't overwinter here in Alabama. The adult moths overwinter down in Texas and Florida. And every spring, they start their journey up here. And along the way, they mate and lay eggs. And you'll probably start seeing fall armyworm eggs in um, early summer, late spring. Uh, The females really like to lay them on uh, flat surfaces. So siding of your house, uh, kids' playscapes. Um, siding of pools, anything outside, and so you will be alerted by those fuzzy white egg masses. So spraying your yard preemptively isn't necessarily going to kill the eggs because they're probably not even laid there. Correct, and that's a terrible idea for lots of reasons. Um, So they're not even hatched yet, so you won't kill them. And then what you're going to do is if you spray, you're going to kill all the beneficials um, and deter other beneficial things like rodents and birds that can eat the eggs. So we usually see about 80% mortality just naturally with eggs from predation. And so once you bring in insecticides before they're needed, you're killing off all the good bugs and making your problem worse. So save your money and the bugs. At yeah, the same save your time. money, save the bugs, grab a hose and you can just spray the egg masses. You can scrape them off and they will die. You can squish them, you can step on them. They're so much easier to control when their eggs that are not moving. Treat it like bubble wrap. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I like that, bubble wrap. So the army worms love Bermuda grass. Are there any other pests that have a favorite grass that maybe homeowners could steer clear of planting if they wanted to avoid the, the big major pests? That's a great question. So Josh, what type of grasses do we have here in Alabama? Starting around the coast, uh, you'll see, I mean, you can see centipede, St. Augustine. Uh, you can grow Bermuda grass and zoysia grass in that area. And as we move up more, you know, north of the state here in the central where we're at, Bermuda and Zoysia seem to be the favorites. You'll see St. Augustine and Centipede 
Favorites of homeowners or favorites of the pest? Favorites of homeowners. Well, I'll chime in with the pest here. So we're talking about St. Augustine. That's a favorite of chinch bugs. Chinch bugs, yes, that's correct. Yes. Chinch bugs are true bugs with piercing, sucking mouth parts that will suck the nutrients and sap out of your grass, and you'll see yellowing and some purpling. Yes. uh, From they have some toxins in their saliva that changes the color of the grass and eventually kills it. And is that what I call a spittle bug that leaves behind that trail of... No, those are two different types of true bugs. And so we have the chinch bug, which has a black and white checkered pattern on their back as adults, and then the two-line spittle bug, because we are very creative entomologists. It has two red lines on its body as an adult, and the nymphs are enclosed in those tiny little spit wads that they produce that kind of frothy liquid uh, that protects them as they're in uh, their nymphal stage. So there are two different types of bugs, and I think it's spittle bugs prefer centipede Centipede, grass. They're, yep. they're an issue in centipede grass. And the problem we have on the turf side as far as like centipede and St. Augustine is concerned is this uh, mainly centipede. It's more of a uh, it's more of a tough turf to grow up in this area anyway, especially in the central part of the state. So we don't want to like throw a lot of products at it because it's already it struggles through our winters a lot where, like I said, it prefers more along the coastline where the weather stays a little bit warmer. So if we have centipede here in the north part or in the central part of the state, uh, you know, we have to treat it with more care. And so when we do have these insect problems, uh, you know, trying to treat it becomes more problematic than uh, if we were on the coastal part of the state. Alabama Ag Credit is a proud sponsor of the Farming Basics podcast. Buying real property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and lands to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. And what about the north? The, the northern part. Yeah, the northern part of the state. Uh, if you get up very part of the north state, uh, north part of the state, you could have more of a cool season turf, like a fescue or something like that, or bluegrass. Uh, but Bermuda and Zoysia can grow in those areas. Pretty much, uh, that's what you would see from central to the north part of the state. You really don't see much centipede in San Augustine in the north part of the state, just because it can't handle the winters. Uh, in the northern part of the state as opposed to the southern part. So those are the easiest to maintain, um, fairly pest resistant. There are some pest resistant cultivars of turf grass. Uh, St. Augustine, there's four varieties uh, that, are, that are pest resistant to the uh, chinch, chinch bugs. bugs. Yep. Uh, but we really don't have too many varieties in like Bermuda and Zoysia and other turf that are like resistant to uh, pests. I have heard research is being done on those, but they've not released them yet. Okay, so spraying could maybe mitigate some of the, help control some of the pest, but you mentioned before maybe avoid spraying and seeing the nature just take its course. Yeah, there are cultural practices too. I mean, it it goes along with any type of crop we're doing, but from a home lawn standpoint, mowing practices, irrigation practices, uh, you know, thatch practices as far as how thick is your thatch below the turf grass and stuff like that. Uh, so there's cultural practices can be taken uh, into account that hopefully, you know, mitigate the, the pest issues. 
Yeah, um, and it's, it's simple things too. Sometimes if you have your grass too tall or you have a bunch of weeds, that's a great hiding place for adult mosquitoes. Um, and so you have to remember that your, your lawn and your turf is a big ecosystem with a ton of diversity in insects. And we want to make it welcoming for the good ones, the predators, the parasitoids, the birds, the pollinators, and make it unwelcoming for the pests. But we know pests are mobile, they'll move in. But if we have a lawn that supports a diversity of insects and wildlife, they are at the ready to feed on caterpillars or armyworm eggs or anything that may be a problem for you. What are the steps that you tell a homeowner to look towards for implementing and just practices to help? So I think the the easiest thing is just to uh, diversify and have different textures. Um, So when you think of textures, you could have rocks or mulch or pine straw, or um, instead of having a full lawn of turf, throw in some native plantings. And so the more diversity in materials and textures and kind of comfy, cozy hiding places for those wolf spiders to hang out, that's going to start to make your lawn more inviting and then you throw in native plants and colors and blooms and then you're off and running. So that's making the yard much more resilient then. Yeah, yeah, because we're going to have migratory pests. We're, we're in the southeast. We have a ton of things that want to eat all the plants, um, but it's all about creating an ecosystem that can withstand some pest damage, whether it's um, insects or diseases or even extreme weather events, but creating a system that can recover and provide that free control for you so you're not doing the work, spending the money, or applying chemicals. Yeah, so kind of just planning beforehand instead of going out and buying Roundup immediately as soon as you see the first army worm marching across. Yes, exactly. Have a plan in place and make sure that your yard is ready for that. And it it looks prettier, too. I see a lot of just the American white picket fence with lawns kind of taking a turn and implementing a lot of those beautiful native habitats and creating that diversity that's pleasant for the eye, but... Also, clearly for the bugs too. That's what I like to see in landscapes: is is uh, mm-hmm. you know native plants around the the house and and out in the lawn, and uh, you know really just using the the lawn as a place to like you know if you have kids play on the lawn, dogs uh, use the lawn and stuff like that. But you know definitely having those plants that bring in the, the native uh, pollinators and such. The lawns that I've seen that have that sometimes have less pest issues in their turf as opposed to those that just have wall-to-wall turf and, and no no plants uh, nearby. And you have a background in landscaping, yes. right, Josh? So what are some of your favorite native plants that really will thrive here in Alabama? Yeah, so I really like the, I like native grasses, uh, you know, muley grasses. Uh, you can, there's several of them. Um, I like lower petalums, abelias, uh, pollinators love uh, glossy abelias. Uh, you know, basically uh, butterfly bushes are good. Um, and, and a lot of our annuals and perennials, lantana, um, daylilies and such like that. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, diversity as far as plants are concerned. A lot of different bloom times. We pretty much can have blooms year round, uh, if, if it's planned appropriately. Um, and it's just neat to see, you know, the, the insects you know, frolicking through the, uh, through the, through the native <laughs> Spoken like a bushes. true entomologist. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pick it up over here a little bit. Come into the lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this was very helpful because uh, most of the episodes are geared towards farmers. But, I mean, just about everyone has some sort of yard to work with here. So this, I think, will be utilized for a lot of people in the state. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. This was great. This has been a production of Alabama Extension at Auburn University.